0: Oh, it's a brand new era in both NXT, NXT UK, and this channel right here. It's with Lopito, and we're breaking down what's going down across the pond between NXT and NXT UK. It's Draped in Gold, man, presented by GameAware. Make sure you suit up at GMRware.com. But you know what? I am not alone. I never am. I'm being joined by my tag team partner, the man I get to drill and give the third degree for an entire hour. And he has nothing to do but answer my questions because he has no choice. Give it up for the real Jack Farmer.
1: I'd like it to be known that I am here under duress. I do not want to have to be drilled and given a third degree. I don't enjoy it, but here I am anyways.
0: Oh, the benevolence, Jack Farmer, that's what you are.
1: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> oh, he's already healed. Great. Uh, imagine, <laughs> this is a guy who's like, I'll sell out. It ends the show with, be yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's start off the top, man. Huge show. Uh, NXT UK, the Heritage Cup tournament rolls on. Uh, let's start with that, actually. Trent Seven in a classic against kenny williams now the result to me was doubt on paper it looked like trent seven was going to go over but the way it happened had me go damn kenny williams you got skills talked about the match and the tourney so far
1: kenny williams he actually proved a lot to me tonight he definitely reminds me of almost like a spider-man in the ring uh the way he just fights on and goes through things but also the way he's so fluid in the way he can Go from one move to the next. Now I agree. I don't think he ever had a chance of winning this match, even though uh, the the commentators did seem to believe he had some momentum going behind him. I don't think any of us experts who have been watching wrestling for a long time really believed he was going to win. Uh, but he did give me, he did show me something. He kicked out of that Snapdragon Suplex into Emerald Frozen, which blew me away. He really kept Trent Seven working. He showed me a lot today but I think he relies on luck too much. I think he needs to realize that there is no luck in pro wrestling. You make your own luck. I think that's why he came up short, but also, Of course, he had a match with Trent Seven, and Trent Seven is the one guy I really worry about winning this tournament over my pick, Mastiff, because (laughs) he is so big. He is so strong, and the biggest thing about him is his experience and the way it really showed through today. Something I noticed about Trent Seven today is that he wrestled with patience. I think a lot of the wrestlers in this tournament right now hear that bell go off and think of those short rounds and they are wrestling with a little bit of urgency and a little bit of, of, of rushing things where Trent seven knows it's not one round. It's the whole thing. And I think that that patience is what really gave him the edge here and gave him the ability to hold on until that final fantastic counter from the frankensteiner off the top into the pin
0: we just stop with the frankensteiner business <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's where they call it where i'm from <laughs> yes okay because <laughs> you are from a wrestling
0: promotion listen yeah. uh kenny williams if, if you had to draft them into the fictional jack farmer pro what round would you, would you draft him in and would you even draft him at all is he that good to be in anyone's roster
1: I think he's definitely a prospect. I think he's definitely someone you want to watch. I think big things are coming his way because. What makes him great and I think what makes him stand out is that you could plug and play him just about anywhere. If you want to make him tag team, great. If you want to put him in a, a, like a cruiserweight division, I don't know what his exact weight is, but I think he might be small enough to get into there. I also think he could hang with a lot of the workhorse titles in the WWE. So you can use him in a lot of places. And like I said, coming into this match, I was thinking this is a guy that didn't even belong in the tournament to begin with, had to fight his way. Just to get into the tournament, Ooh. and then and then he talks about how he's relying on luck. I I didn't want to give this guy a lot of credit, so the fact that he earned it from me today shows a lot. Plus. I like the way his tights look, and to me, that was nice. something. They were pretty cool, yeah. so I think he really he showed me something. I think he's definitely a prospect, and I definitely think he's one to watch. Us wrestling fans, Flobo, we there's different types of wrestling fans, and there's definitely a market of wrestling fans that loves finding these guys before they've peaked and before they've made it, and they enjoy watching the journey. And I think if you're that kind of wrestling fan. Kenny Williams is one of those guys. I think he's going to have a really fun journey throughout his career as he grows.
0: Uh, last question I have for you on this one. So Trent Seven is facing Dave Massive, your pick to win it. Someone would say that Trent Seven is a favorite to win it all. So this semifinal final match could have been a final in alternate universe. Who do you got still, man? I mean, Massive is the biggest man in the tournament. Will you double down your picks or here's a chance to get out and swap, man? Here's your chance.
1: Yeah, I think that is going to be the Arby's roast beef sandwich match of the tournament. These two big fellas going at it. I'm on
0: the meats, you couldn't (laughs) use.
1: Listen, they're they're gonna. It's. I didn't say it was gonna be pretty. I said it was gonna be beefy, and that's what this match is gonna be. I'm still a mastiff guy. I think the fact that he was able to knock out his opponent says something. As we've spoken about before, sometimes people go into a tournament with just a different vibe, and it makes you. For, it forces you to focus on them. and I think Mastiff, that's where he is right now. I think he's on a different level. I think he's going to barrel right through this tournament and on to bigger things, but you can't look past the tournament. It is going to be a tough road. He's got a lot of tough matches, but I'm not giving up on my pick of Mastiff. I've never made a wrong prediction in a tournament for NXT UK before.
0: I think this is the one-year anniversary of you making a wrong prediction in another tournament and have to wear a lucha mask. But that's neither here nor there. It is Los Angeles right now. It is overcast. It's cloudy. And for me, it's perfect coffee drinking weather. Jack Farmer, what coffee should I try?
1: If you're going to try coffee, if you like coffee, if you like good coffee, you should definitely go to www.thebrosters.com and get some of their amazing single origin, organic roasted weekly coffee, small business supported here. Go visit them, get the coffee and type in promo code bro code one. You're going to like the coffee they send you.
0: That is cool, man, because the brothers people, they they sponsor this show. They sponsor the Anytime Radio Show, man. They're just out there just, just throwing those dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions
1: of dollars. They, they, they sponsor small business, so it'd be great if the listeners and the viewers did the same and sponsored them and helped them out. Another small business, great couple over there out in New York, your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, other action today was one of the more curious matches on the card. I want to talk about it because I'm Flo Bito. The women's division, we had uh, a against Nina Samuels. The French Hope was on the losing end of this matchup. Now, technically, this match was heel versus heel. Antagonist versus antagonist. Ne'er do well versus Rapscallion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like this is a whole new chapter for Nina Samuels, a bit more aggressive, and she got the win today. What's this mean for these two competitors and the women's division as a whole?
1: I think today what Nina showed us was that she was right to walk away from Amel last week. She was right to say that she's not a co-star. She is just a star. Watching this match, it felt like Nina was in control the entire time laying down a beatdown on Amel, the same kind of beatdown that Amel was on the other end of last week during that tag team match. So Nina was smart. She didn't want to be a part of a beatdown. She left that situation and got on the other side of it. As mentioned, listen, she knows she's a star. She knows that she's not a co-star. This is where she really, really showed that she deserves to take things to the next level. I predict big things for Nina. Amel, on the other hand, I think maybe she should start watching some Nina tape and learning uh, what makes a true star.
0: How dare you discuss the French hope to watch some more Nina Samuels tape? Amel is way better. But you know what? It's not about wins and losses. I'm sure they had fun to fun was the score. But now since Anina won her match, and since you're the biggest fan now, let me ask you this. What is Nina Samuel ceiling? Is she UK Women's Championship material? And I know you're going to say, yes, she is. But is she going to be one of the ones that are solidified for the title? Or will she be a flash in the pan?
1: The people who say wins and losses don't matter are always the people with a lot of L's in the columns. Uh-oh. that That's what I say. Uh, wins and losses do matter. And she won today. Could she be a champion? Of course, she can. You can't get to NXT UK without having the talent to become one of the best in the world. Now she's got to get past Piper, it sounds like. Sounds like those two are on a collision course, and that's going to be very interesting to see. But I never, ever, ever bet against the women's champion, Kaylee Ray. So someday, maybe, but for now, I think the division belongs to one woman.
0: You like the worst of the roster. And by worse, I mean worst characters. I'm not knocking anyone's skill <laughs> or talent. Uh, but talking about collision courses, uh, a very WWE type structure, having a show end on a contract signing, and it goes awry. But yet, this organization still does more contract signings. You would think after a while, they would say, hmm, so much yeah. damage is being inflicted."
1: Someone in the HR department it. needs to be fired for this. Like, <laughs> Like why are they no security?
0: Put? Like is just uh, force gets gala is like ah. Oh.
1: sure, we're like one thousand for one thousand on bad situations happening during these contract shinings, but sure, let's do another one. It'll be contract fine, I'm sure. And-
0: Always a bad decision, but we had our one next week. Uh, Walter, the ring head around, is defending his NXT United Kingdom championship against Ilya Dragunov. And this third down was a unique one because Ilya was aggressive, he got chopped in the face for his efforts, and everything broke down. Now, I'm gonna ask you a question what may seem like an easy answer, but it's not the more I think about it. Will Walter lose next week on NXT UK?
1: So, I want to first break down this contract signing because I was justified today, Flobo. I was proven correct. What happened when they both got out to that ring? Walter sits down. Walter's casual. Walter knows nothing's going to go wrong for him. But what was Dragunov doing? He was tense. He was scared. He was nervous. When Walter got handed the contract, what'd he do? He shrugs, he signs, and he's done. They're like, do you want to say anything? He's like, no, nah, I'm cool. And then Dragunov gets it. What does he do? Watch the tape. He pauses. He hesitates. He looks at Walter first. Then he looks back down at the contract. Dragunov, as I said last week, is terrified of the ring general. He's terrified. And you could even see after he signed it, he had so much adrenaline and so much anxious energy. He stood up and started like a raving maniac yelling luckily walter was there to literally slap some sense into him and calm him down a little bit but then he went crazier and i feel like we did need some security to restrain him because he just doesn't understand what it's like to be at that level the way walter does he doesn't understand what being a champion really is like walter does and it really Showed oh, come today. On. Come You're asking- he doesn't understand
0: what the. Oh come yeah. on! He, look, he's going to take him down. He pinned him last week. He knows what it's done. He's been to the promised land. It just has to count. He's been there.
1: He he chopped Dragon off so many times that that's going to have an impact on his lungs on his back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. That's metal this, in your lungs. <laughs> next, next, week, next week is going to be the first time a dragon gets slayed for trying to take someone else's gold. The only reason, just like General Patton, the only way that Walter's going to stop winning wars is when there's no more good wars left to fight. He marches through off next week and is on to the next crusade. That's my prediction.
0: It will be disheartening that of all this time with the pandemic, he gets one match, one opportunity. And if he doesn't land it, he just disappears and goes back to the end of the line. Is that how that works? Is that fair?
1: I think what's going to happen with Dragonoff is after he gets the beating that he has coming to him. He's going to decide, hey, you know what? There's other things I can do. There's safer things I can do. There's other people for me to have oh matches with. God. You have a ma- Once he's done with Walter, once Walter is done with him, he's going to say to himself, you know what? Maybe I could try commentary. Maybe I can try working backstage because he'll know that he's reached that ceiling and that ceiling's not made of glass. That ceiling is made of Walter and it slaps you back.
0: I don't know how much Imperium is paying you, man, but they're not going to let you join. They are not going to let you join. I don't know what this propaganda, man. Maybe Walter wins. A lot of variables: one, it's on TV; it's a normal episode. Two, Walter is that dominant. And three, Ilya dragging up one last week. So traditional booking says he won't. But what if? What if he became the next NXT UK champ? Maybe a whole new day for that brand that was coincides with the reboot that happened in September. I don't see why not.
1: If lightning strikes that ring and hits Walter, all it will do is turn him into a Halloween Frankenstein that will be even more dangerous than he already is. But if two lightning bolts hit, if somehow magic happens and Dragunov somehow finds a way to become the NXT UK champion, you're absolutely right. It's a completely new day. It's a completely new world. And for anyone who's ever been on the fence about watching NXT, NXT UK that is reason enough alone that they need to tune in next week because Mm -hmm. one thing I think we'll agree on I know that Walter is going to win because Walter is that dominant but I think we'd both agree on that anytime he puts that gold on the line it's must see wrestling and it could very well be another match of the year candidate just like the last time he defended it I believe against uh, Tyler Bate
0: that match is still one of my favorites of all time now the more i've watched it the more things i pick up on it and that's the best kind of rest that's the best kind of entertainment anyway yeah you come back to it you're like oh my gosh i need something i did not realize uh but one thing that we were writing off pretty handily in our text during the show was our opening contest uh the welsh dragon uh eddie dennis uh, takes on Oliver Carter, which I always confuse with Ashton Smith. That's why I always have to double check which one wrestled. Oliver <laughs> Carter wrestled this week. Uh, yeah. The match was was pretty much nothing to write home about, in my opinion. Please correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. But they are developing a storyline between Eddie and Flash Morgan Webster. I mean, do you think Eddie is a guy behind the mastermind behind Flash War- Morgan Webster's attacks last week?
1: Yeah, I agree on the match. I don't know if there's anything that we need to really dissect here. I think it was a good win for Eddie to come back, get the win. Um, But it shows how he's so intelligent, right? He's he's definitely smarter than most of the guys on this roster. And I'm so excited that we have someone like him that's going to sit down with Flash and really find a way to solve this crime about who it was that attacked him. Personally, though, if I'm Mark Andrews, I'm not going to that meeting because I have a feeling Mark Andrews isn't going to like some of the questions that get asked him. I have a feeling Mark Andrews is going to get exposed as the 'er ne'er-do-well, and I'm just glad we have a Sherlock Holmes-style brainiac here to pick apart the clues and figure out exactly what happened to Flash Morgan Webster before this maniac who attacks people backstage has a chance to strike again. (laughs) Are
0: you watching the same show? What is going on? It's, it's, it's very, very apparent that Eddie has something to do with it because, hey, no one asked him. But <laughs> I was waiting to be like, I don't know what happened to that guy, which is always the reddest or red flags. I'm actually looking forward to it. I am down for more mysteries and wrestling. We'll get to that a little bit later about Zion Lee. I Listen, love mysteries. Give me some mysteries. I-
1: I enjoy a good mystery myself, but as someone who has lost many games of among us, I can tell you that Eddie is someone you can trust and someone who will find the person who's done the, done the attacking. Like I said, I don't trust Mark Andrews. I think Eddie's on to the things. I think he knows that that's suspect number one. And like I said, I feel like him being a former headmaster, you can just trust him. He has a face you can trust. And I believe that Eddie's going to find the guy that did it. And I, justice will be served. I I have faith putting putting this investigation in his hands.
0: Jack Sus. Uh, Don't play Among Us, man. Because I realize, again, I don't have friends. I have only imposters, and they've all turned on me. I've been sent through space so many <laughs> times. I've tried to avoid that, but I love NXT UK. Every Thursday is actually on the point of my uh, my appointment viewing to watch it, but we got to head over to the United States side. Halloween Havoc is one week way less than that now, and we have new NXT Tag Team Champions in a swerve, or a swerve upon a swerve because Pat McAfee is back. The Undisputed Era has been decimated. Birch and Lorcan are champions. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. But first things first, I am so glad my man Lorcan has a bit of gold to his resume. But, Jack, let me
1: ask you this. What? Finally, the Pat has come back to NXT, the greatest NXT superstar of all time. Hands down, Pat McAfee is back in the the ring This is the greatest return of all time. No one saw it coming. None of the dirt sheets. None of the people that like to think they can predict anything coming. The greatest that's ever done it in history of NXT. Pat McAfee is back. And he gave he gave these two the stank they need to be the champions. I've always said that Lorcan and Birch are two of the toughest outs you'll ever face. They're always able to beat people down no matter how tough they are, but they were missing something. They were missing that little bit of swag. They were missing that little bit of fire and in comes Pat McAfee with the electricity that ignited them, that got them to the tag team titles. Flobo, between our love of these two plus Matt, Pat McAfee, Ooh. this has to be the greatest trio that we've seen in wrestling in a very long time. I am conflicted, utterly conflicted because I
0: like Burch and Lorcan. I like them as faces. I like them as heels. I sat on this show and our predecessor shows defending them when everyone else was like, huh? Why? Who? Huh?" I get that. But there's a lot of questions to be asked here. Breeze Zango, or the sacrificial lamb, they just go going here, they're just walking to the ring, trying to have some a nice normal contest, and poor Tyler Breeze gets a wallop to the nutsacks, right? But look at this. You have Undisputed Era getting beat up backstage. You have... Lorcan and Burt now, I guess, working as antagonists here. And I don't understand why they would even work with Pat McAfee. Why would they say, okay, I'll give it a shot? What is Pat offering them? And don't say the championship because they had a the talent to do it and they were number one contenders because of the attack or, or the Irish Shore, but they were going to get there eventually. Why would they say, let's cut corners? After sitting in that bar saying, we'll do it the hard way, why would they take the easy out and go with Pat?
1: Because they've been doing it the hard way for a long, long time. And you know what they realized today, Flobo? They realized the hard way sucks. The easy way is the good way. When was their next title match coming up? It wasn't tonight. Not until someone like Pat McAfee showed up and gave them the idea, gave them the gumption, gave them the go-ahead to take matters into their own hands and a team this tough – they can win matches. They can have tough matches, but you need something extra to be a champion. And now that Pat McAfee is here, they have that. And not those guys like Brizongo who are this close to doing a song and dance number on a wrestling show, which oh, just seems I ridiculous. That. I hate that. Now the titles are in the hands of some guys who are real life beater uppers with a real life superstar pat mcafee flobo you can cry all you want but finally these two have got what it takes and that is the tag team titles
0: oh, i thought pat was vanquished but apparently he's not it looks like the undisputed error or if they're not protagonists but not faces it seems to be pretty much confirmed adam cole is by a satellite and- the other two guys have been basically beat up, I guess behind the back or whatnot. What is the end game here? Are we going to have ourselves a three against four? Are we having war games with team Pat McAfee? What is the next step here, Humboldt?
1: I think the big message for Undisputed Era today, the big takeaway I had with those guys is that Adam Cole does not like Kyle O'Reilly pretending he's the alpha dog of that wolf pack. That's why he phoned in his promo via satellite to make sure that Kyle O'Reilly wasn't stepping out of his lane, grabbing a microphone and trying to do the talking for the team without him. That's why he showed up. And you know what, Flobo, he was right to do that. He should have done that. Because as soon as Adam Cole left the building. As soon as he stopped calling in, what happened? The Undisputed Era got systematically picked apart piece by piece. Would that ever have happened with Adam Cole there? Never in your life. And then even after the beatdowns, what happens? Kyle O'Reilly says, here, we'll give away our title shot. Would Adam Cole give away a title shot? He would. Not on your life. That's why with Kyle O'Reilly trying to act like he's the leader, there is zero chance of the golden prophecy ever being fulfilled again. Kyle O'Reilly needs to learn that he needs to go back to his place, stay in his lane, and let Adam Cole be the leader. Because as soon as Kyle O'Reilly tried to take things back over, they got picked apart. Pat McAfee came back and took over as the strongest faction in the company, Kyle O'Reilly, you don't have it. Adam Cole, you do. Everyone needs to figure this out, or the undisputed era is yesterday's news.
0: So what are we missing? What is, what, is it going to be a changing of alliances here? Is it going to be one giant match? Is it going to be a game of cat and mouse? What does it mean? And what does it mean for Brazongo, man? <laughs> Poor guys.
1: Frazango, they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It just happens. Sometimes you're great, but there's just greater around the corner. I think I think as we look at maybe what happens between Birch and Lorcan and the Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee, I don't know. I love war games, so sure, throw them into a war games, war games. match. But right now, if I'm Undisputed Era, I would not want to mess with the greatest NXT superstar of all time and two of the toughest tag team competitors they've had in years.
0: Well, very fine words. My very – I don't know how to describe you right now. You're, you're being very jacked, but I don't like mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, let me let me am I wrong is Kyle O'Reilly the guy does should Adam Cole let him continue to run the show or does he need to to grab the wheel and say listen you had your chance but it's not working
0: well the fact that you're right' is making it the most frustrating so let's move on <laughs> <laughs> oh you you're right Jack that's why that's why it gives me the willies. uh yeah. let's talk about my girl Zi in our next chapter of, chapter of her story where she has to have this match she has to have a a win this match against Casey Kat oh uh, Saw it coming a mile away. She was on the losing end of this, so this is basically going to have a fallout next week. But Raquel Gonzalez gets involved as a message to Rhea Ripley. This guy, Fulvito, kind of upset that these two storylines were muddled. They didn't have to be muddled. I felt like the Zia Lee storyline was interesting on its own. I thought the Rhea Ripley thing was interesting on its own.
1: Why did that cross over, Jack? Make that make sense. Well, right off the bat, I have a question for you, Flobo. One that you're not going to like very much. All the questions for you, I don't
0: really like very much. But because
1: then you... Why is it that when uh, Catanzaro is by herself, she wins matches, but when she's teamed with Caden Carter, she doesn't?
0: Because they're terrible together.
1: I thought I thought uh, Caden was your girl. She is my
0: girl, individually. <laughs> I don't like them together.
1: Uh, <laughs> she doesn't win on her own, but C- uh, well, Catanzaro the, uh, does. stay here. because She didn't get the opportunities.
0: When they lose together, I'm always like, can we break them up now? No? Okay. Uh, so
1: I think Zara is better on her own. I think Zia Lee, if she had this kind of urgency before, she wouldn't be in the situation she's in. If she was trying to get these wins the way she is right now, then she wouldn't have to struggle so much. Desperation's a stinky cologne, Flobo, and I think that that's something that everyone is starting to smell on her. Um, as far as them combining things – um, it, it, look, as as far as people combining things, this is Raquel. This is what I'm talking about. You don't go into the back and beg for matches. You don't say, "I need this." You you don't talk about how you used to be friends with someone, so you'll give them a chance. And you don't get anything else razzle dazzle garbage. You go out there and you lay complete waste to everybody to make a statement. Raquel is the Diablo of the nightmare, as she says, and at, as of this moment. It doesn't matter what little storyline you seem to be going through in your life. Raquel is the most dominant person in the NXT women's division, hands down. That's the statement she made. Doesn't matter if you like Z- Xialie, doesn't matter if you like Caden or Catanzaro or whoever. Raquel, she's the one that you're supposed to be paying attention to and that's how you do it.
0: Not a doubt in my mind. I was a fan of Raquel Gonzalez back when she was Raquel Gonzalez in the May Young Classic. However, the match was already booked. She promo was already on point. I don't quite understand of her coming down to the ring as a fan of women's wrestling. The guy is telling his buddies, "There's this division so stacked, they need like a secondary title to have someone come in and cross the streams, if you will." Uh, to get a point across. I understand it's supposed to be unpredictable and stuff like that, but I really want to know what's going through Zaya's mind. That's a cool story. You've already got yourself squared away. You've already booked your match with Rhea Ripley. Ha- beat someone else up in the next segment. Leave Zaya alone. She's getting some character development for once. For you, once! I,
1: uh, I, I hear you. I get it. But if you're not getting wins, I don't care what you have to say. If you're in trouble, great. Go tell it to someone who cares. I care about winners. If you're not winning... I have no time for you, Xia Get another match. Get another win. Figure something out. Maybe become friends with Raquel because she seems to know what she's doing. I think if Xia came out and wrecked Rhea Ripley and Raquel next time, then yeah, I'd I'd love to know what she's doing. But if she's going to be losing matches, then I just don't have time to care about what's going on with her.
0: Sai, if you want to beat up Jack, he's at 123 Fake Street, Redondo Beach, <laughs> <Yeah>. California. Uh- <laughs> hey, you're giving out my address. Speaking <laughs> of people who won, how about Bronson Reed? He won twice last night against a very game, Austin Theory, because he was like, hey, man, you're just mad and jealous, and we got beat the second time. Austin Theory quit. He quit NXT in the most scary way, scariest way possible by quitting in the parking lot. I was thinking someone to beat him from behind, but it didn't happen. Austin Theory quits on TV. Thoughts about this? Because I, for one, I'm okay with it. Well, At least the storyline, not him quitting. I'm okay yeah, with the storyline.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I've look. I've always said that Austin Theory has the tools. He just needs to figure out when to use them. Uh, I think a lot of people think of quitting as a step back, but I think quitting can be a step forward. It's giving him a chance to sort of clear things off, get a what? new start. Figure out what he's doing, stop, and Jack, then maybe Jack, come back a step forward. What? Yeah, I think no. it's gonna be it's gonna be great for him. He's gonna be able to stop the momentum. He's taking control of his life, and whatever his next step is, whether it be uh, being a delivery driver, whether it be uh, you know working at Starbucks, All whether day. it be. Uh, <laughs> Uh you know, I think that this could be a real win for him. He could change his fortunes uh because he's not getting wins. And um Yeah, you know, okay. I- you know what? If you ever
0: come over my house to watch movies, we're not watching Rocky because you'd be like, just quit, bro. <laughs> Forget training, man. (laughs) (laughs) Quitting is bad. Quitting is terrible. No, no. I mean,
1: in in reality, I do think that this is going to give him a chance to, to reassess what he's doing and where he's at. He came in, I think, guns blazing, wanting to do a lot, and he stumbled and he tripped. And instead of trying to just continue, I think it's okay to stop, start over, and come back with a different perspective. It'll be good for him. I think we'd agree he's got the tools he's got everything you want uh to be a, a, a massive star um, but things aren't going his way why continue racking up losses when you don't have to
0: uh let me ask you an insider question inside baseball uh you've been watching wrestling we've watched wrestling for a combined what 50 years when it's all said and done yeah uh, what has a performer with a losing streak ever gotten over Kurt Hawkins
1: I, still, uh, I don't think so. Um, you know what I'm
0: saying? Like, what what is the end game here? Like, what, what would be the benefit of him being like, I've been losing. Like, I remember when Vader did it when I was a kid. When Vader said, "I'm a fat piece of s," and I give up, I was like, "What a loser!" <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, wh- why why do this? I mean, he's young. He can go in, in two or five live, I guess, or beat someone up a main event. Like, he doesn't have to have the whole dramatic. I quit.
1: I don't think that. I mean, obviously, the idea of of you know getting over is relative depending on what level you're, uh, you're, you're considering it. Um, you know, Barry Horowitz, I thought I think has, has stayed with us to a degree uh, and, and Kerr Hawkins to a degree, people liked him. Uh, but as far as like using that to propel yourself. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, losses don't help. Losses are always bad. It's always bad to lose. So yeah. uh, I think, yeah, I think that's why him quitting might be a good thing. Stop this before it becomes a joke. Like, what if, what if he didn't quit? And what if this lost streak got to 25 in a row? Then what happens right now? He can say, Ooh, right, stop. Well,
0: someone who won handily was Bronson Reed. And that entrance is sick. Now is. I love me the thick boy, but dude, if, if, if no one puts that guy in a position in the main event or on a pay-per-view or a title picture soon, this guy's going to get pretty antsy because talk about having all the tools. The guy has everything and an accent.
1: You can't go wrong. He's just a concentrated ball of pure power, isn't he? Just the fact that he's like a wrecking ball that just powers through things, even someone as strong as Austin Theory, just didn't seem like he could even Phase Bronson Reed, and I agree with you. I love him stomping on the steps and shaking the camera because he's so colossal. I think the big thing that's changed for him, Flobo, is he dropped the thick bit and just decided to be colossal and start barreling through people. I've said before, he reminds me of Mastiff as far as being a big old thick fella that can just (laughs) power through people. And, uh, man, I think... I'd say the sky's the limit. I don't know how you're getting him into the sky. I guess he gets himself up into the sky when he jumps off that top rope. Uh, Jeez. You know, they talked about Austin Theory's life going through his brain before Bronson Reed fell onto him. I was thinking you could project it onto his belly and just see it on a big screen as (laughs) he's coming down. Uh, But, yeah, I think Bronson Reed – I'm ready for Bronson Reed to start tackling some of the bigger fish in the pond. I think it's time for him to, to find someone that maybe ups the game a little bit for him. I'd like to see what happens when he's in there with a more uh, manipulative opponent, someone who's a little bit smarter, someone who's going to really kind of get into his head and not make it just about, are you strong enough or big enough? But someone like a Tommaso Champa that's going to take him to a different place. I'd like to see that happen.
0: Interesting take. Uh, Elliot Fletcher says, I think Theory joins Gargano and TJGW. Maybe. I mean, that's an opportunity. Isn't it? it's, not, it's not an option. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I'm going to say this as love as I can. Jesse Kamehameha sliding. What? 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 <laughs> Jesse Kamea was on NXT. Guys, you don't know what Jesse means to me, man. I mean, she puts in the work. She went to all the training sessions. She posts her workout regimen. And now she got a chance a very long match, and a solo one-on-one contest against a former NXT Women's Champion, Ember Moon. And guess what? Hot take. She carried us up pretty well, didn't she? I think mm-hmm. so. She kept up with Ember. She was able to have some power moves, some speed moves, got to show her lower center of grace of gravity. Yeah, the result didn't go her way because Ember yeah. cheated and pulled her hair to get into a submission, and the ref let it happened. Sad play, but she took the former champ to the limit. Kizzy Kamea, this one's for you. Fantastic display. Jack Thoughts.
1: I agree. I think she did an amazing job. You mentioned the movie Rocky earlier. Uh, The greatest sports stories aren't about winning. Bobo. Uh, you know, Rocky wasn't about him winning. Rudy wasn't about him being a great player. It was about him getting the chance to play for a single play. Uh, a league of their own wasn't about them being the best baseball players on planet earth. It was about giving them a chance to compete and going into this. Uh, Jesse, we all knew was a huge underdog. Uh, and I think even she knew it. And uh, this, since this match wasn't about winning is about those two things. It was about getting a chance, which she got. And competing, which I believe she did very well tonight. I thought she really handled herself well. L's are hard, but I think Jesse should be able to sleep well after her performance tonight. I think uh, you should be proud of your girl, Flobo.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to support your homies, go with them, ride with it. Uh, but after the match, though, Ember Moon, the cheater, uh, got attacked by Dakota Kai. Looks like Dakota Kai is not too happy Ember Moon is back. Now, this is a match where if you would have told me this on paper, I'd have been like, meh. But that's credit to Dakota, she has a way of making it go. Oh, I want to see this woman fight. Ember Moon, Dakota Kai, take over where do you think? Or probably a uh, uh, Halloween Havoc-ish type thing, or just a normal episode. Like, how, where do you think the collision course is going?
1: It all depends on how things play out. Obviously I could see this being something that we see at a takeover. I could also see it happening next week. NXT is so good about giving us such big matches on regular TV. It's so hard to tell. And in fact, sometimes you get so spoiled by these great matches. You're like, well, how's takeover going to stand out? And then you watch takeover and you're like, geez, Louise, of course, (laughs) that's amazing. Um, as far as Ember Moon goes, I felt like she's really starting to get into the swing of things. I think when she first showed up, she was kind of in preseason form and now she's kind of getting into that mid season form. And I have a feeling she's going to peak right about the time takeover rules around and she'll be in that playoff form. But Dakota Kai came out. And as you mentioned, Dakota Kai really Bring something i think over the past few months she's really hit another level and she decided today that she's no longer gonna be a beggar she's gonna be a benefactor and she's sick and tired of waiting while all these other people cut her off she's sick of letting people take her shot she's sick of rhea ripley taking her shot sick of Shotzi taking her shot and now she's sick of ember moon stepping up and saying she gets a shot. So she's here because it's time for her to be in the spotlight. And spotlights can only cover so much space. Dakota Kai is going to get into that space, even if it means pushing Ember Moon out. I love this move by Dakota Kai. She's cutting her off. She's saying, get behind me. I'm going first. And that's exactly what she needs to be doing right now.
0: Which woman is more likely to be NXT Women's Champion? Dakota Kai or Ember Moon?
1: Dakota Kai. Really? Yep.
0: Not even the returning Ember Moon.
1: I think if if, if I'm picking one or the other, I bet my money on Dakota Kai because I feel like right now Dakota Kai has been very patient. She's been very good, very methodical, and she's proven her worth. I think William Regal is watching people like her and saying she is someone who deserves a shot sooner rather than later. Though Ember Moon comes with all of the hubbubaloo of being from the main roster, I think that when you get down into the ring, Dakota Kai is the person that is going to be the next champ of the two.
0: Mm. Let me ask the same question about our next matchup here, Team Dream versus Kushida versus Ciampa, which I see, I could have sworn I thought it was going to be a one-on-one and Champa just attacked <laughs> <to shoot laughs> at the top, but it was a three-way match. Uh and then the result was for Kushida he gets he gets the win here but before we get into the analysis of the match analysis of the match of the three men who was most likely to become the next NXT champion or a next time to be champion
1: Ooh I never bet against Tomasa Champa never bet against him he's my guy I think he is the most uh he's he's the most dangerous person in all of NXT so if we're talking about who's going to get a shot back at Goldie, I would take Champa any day but I got to say Kushida really doing some good things here. He's wearing jeans now because this is the Kushida from the end of the movie coming back. I think that's what it is. Um, but I think the truth is, man, he's 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 doing so well because he's not doing all of the the silly back to the future stuff anymore. He's not doing the, is, am I in the 50s with my mom? Am I in the future with Buff? No, he's here now and he's winning matches. And I watching this, I think the Kushida of old had he seen Velveteen Dream hit Ciampa with the, with the cast, I think the Kashida old would have been like, oh, that's not good. Let me check and make sure everyone's okay. The Kashida today did the right thing, Flobo. He took advantage. He put him in a pin, and he got the win. Kashida's not trying to be silly anymore. He's trying to get wins, and I think that's what's really stepping him up right now. I think that's what makes him particularly dangerous.
0: Kushida was never silly. He's still wearing the Jordans from Back to the Future, too. If you look closely enough, Well, and well Jordans
1: are cool. That's, I mean, oh,
0: yeah, okay, fair enough. But they look, were man, cool, I,
1: they were cool in the past, they'll be cool in the future. Right?
0: <laughs> I know, right? Kids won't even have feet anymore, but they'll have Jordans. Listen, yeah. I understand that Kushida, brand new flavor. Ever since he came back and started battling with Dream, really he kind of put it up into high gear, uh, got the win today. I think was the right person. I don't know where Dream is going. It's it's just so interesting to watch not getting the outside stuff involved, if you're just watching the wrestling show inside inside a bubble, it felt like this time a year ago, two years ago, the world was Dream's oyster. And he's kind of just going to be a guy who's been battling back and forth. To me, that backlot lot bra was a devastating loss. He was never quite the same after that or even right before that. And uh, I, I know that it's just like you, everyone can't win every week, but I can only imagine Dream fans are frustrated right now if I had to put my dollar on it.
1: I think that Velveteen Dream needs to take a page out of Austin Theory's book. I think he needs to step back. I think he needs to kind of step away for a little bit. He needs to refocus. I think he came back a little too quick, a little too fast. You could see in the fact that he got hurt in his wrist. Now he's trying to power through it. He doesn't seem as sharp as he was before, not even just in his ring work, but even just as in his, his entrances, there's seems to be something missing from him. And I think he would do good to again, follow Austin Theory's lead and maybe take a step back for a little bit, reassess and, pick his spot just a little bit better than he did this go round.
0: read a hot take online let me know how much you agree yes no or percentage of therefore but all the cool elements of velveteen dream has basically been co-opted by dmv and priest
1: no i disagree
0: okay, okay. I, I, I ask questions man That's yeah it makes me a journalist sometimes fair
1: i think i feel like i i get why the statement's made but i think it's two different things you know i think um Damien Priest is very much a rock star, uh, but uh, Velveteen Dream was something different. He wasn't necessarily a rock star. Uh, mm, there's yeah, there's something very di- there's something dark about uh, uh Damien Priest where there was something uh, different about Velveteen Dream, similar to, you know, uh, recently Van Halen passed away Eddie Van Halen. He was an amazing rock uh, guitar player. But you wouldn't say he's the same thing as Prince. Uh, mm. even though they're both amazing guitar players, you'd never say they're the same thing. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the the analogy there.
0: I like it. I like I like the cut of your jib, good sir. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about matches where the winners went crazy on social. It looked like Drake and Killian are a team now officially uh, with their music, even though Killian and Dane hates it, uh, taking on EverRise once again. The closing we have to our job tag team, but – Everwise wins by DQ, and both members have celebrated so hard on Twitter. And cut that <laughs> promo, it's been retweeted like a thousand times over this recording. Uh, <clears throat> thoughts about the match, thoughts about Everrise, and thoughts about the budding relationship between Killian Dane and Drake Maverick?
1: Yeah, Team Dank, as I call them. Oh, uh, d- d- team Dank uh, getting, you know, um, I mean, I know people love Drake Maverick, I know they want him to succeed, but. Can you believe like if you're Killian Dane, how are you excited losing to Everise? I mean, to Everise's credit, they're trying to show, like, hey, we're a real tag team, we do things the real way. We're not silly, we're not goofballs, we're not a random pairing that everyone hates. We're a real team. They finally get a win, but come on, if you're Killian Dane, you got to be looking at their win-loss record, going, We're the one mark in their win column. How is he excited about that? Yeah. I mean, if if Killian Dane wants to just beat people up, cool. Go to the boiler room and have matches there. But cool. uh, I know everyone loves Team Dank, but I feel like Stop right now. Stop calling that. <laughs> Stop calling that. I think Dank works. Stop. Dane and Drake. It's their it's their name. <laughs> team Dank. I want the Team Dank. <laughs> Team Dank is gonna it's gonna catch on. It's gonna be popular.
0: <laughs> and if it does, I'd be so upset. I'm like, God, you were so clever. <laughs> Dank is playing words. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a cool match. I think he was probably what it was. Uh I know people are body shaming Killian Dane on on, on Twitter. They're saying That's unfortunate. Bobby. I know they should probably shave off the hair as a guy with no body hair to speak of it, it is kind of foreign to me but I wouldn't advocate for it wrestling fans are weird uh, but it's let's-
1: interesting how certain things are okay to body sham and other things aren't
0: yeah like yeah. it's just so
1: it's a weird um, I mean none of it is okay but you know what I mean like if you say they need to if someone says hey you need to shave the body hair off your shoulders people say oh well that's fine whatever they're the but then if you said that, about something else, people would be like, "Whoa, that's inappropriate! How dare you tell yeah. someone how to?" Man, it's it's just an interesting world. The world,
0: world. is full of double standards, Jack Farmer. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> mm.
0: Well, so, talking talk about double standards. Team tag. Uh, so double standards. Uh, we, we had a six-man tag team match playoff. Uh, I missed that drop. Um, look yeah. out, the Fantasma taking on Ashanti, the Adonis, Jake Atlas, and your boy Swerve. Uh-huh. Swerve's house. Look, man, I know you're a swerve guy. He impressed. Um, I, I'm still not sold in Lagarde Fantasma. They're a great idea with nowhere to go. But I will say with a match I saw last night it was pretty dope.
1: It was great. I thought Legado del Fantasma, these guys are just trying to make American audience more aware and more cultured and educate them on what lucha libre really is. And I think we should embrace that. I think a lot of American fans boo these guys and don't like them because it's so difficult for them to see that maybe wrestling is great, nay, better in other countries. And I That's think that I it it, it terrifies a lot of people and it makes them very nervous. Uh, and that's why they don't cheer them. Escobar has only been pinned once. He's only been pinned once. Why aren't we giving him Goldberg-style chance? We should be giving him these chance. I'll tell you why. We're It's because we're so afraid to swallow our pride and admit that maybe Lucha Libre is better than this sports entertainment that we're so used to. That's we need to it. start giving Escobar the same credit and same respect we give to Bill Goldberg.
0: I don't know how you make these comments with a straight face. Cause you know I don't like Goldberg to begin with, <laughs> so I'm not gonna defend Goldberg. That, that's this a very gonna, layered
1: take, by the way. Is,
0: yeah, this is like a logic <laughs> trap. Like, wait a minute, <laughs> Goldberg's a legend. Aha, I knew it. No, um, I, I look, I, I like the idea of them together. I just I wonder what they're about. I still know what they're about. Okay, Escobar is is he's a luchador, but he wanna show people that luchador is is not just flips and stuff, it really has traditional aspect to it. I get him, but I don't understand. King Wilder and those are hanging with them. I feel like if they're then captured and converted, is it a spiritual thing? Is it like a philosophy thing? Is it like that just that can thing? We saw that today last, last night. What is your deal together collectively? I don't necessarily, it doesn't matter because the matches are okay, but the wheel's going to fall off because once you get tired of Jake Atlas with them and, and swerve with them, their next opponent, they need something else character wise to make them that much more important. You just can't have them beat these same three guys every week.
1: You well one, yeah, I I agree. I think in some cases, um no, it's true, it's the same spot. I just I think maybe I'm twisted a little differently, but um the uh I, I like swerve. I love swerve. I've said before, I think he's got star written all over him. I think he is exactly what the next generation of wrestler is going to be like someone who can, can have their podcasts and things on the side where they connect with people in a certain way. Someone that feels very authentic in the ring and is really talented in what they do. Uh, but I, I gotta say swerve. And I mean this with all due respect, you need to move on. You need to go a different direction. It's it's just not happening. It's not happening. And Look, if you're a firefighter and you put your ladder up against a building and you work really hard and you climb up that ladder and you climb up that ladder and you get halfway up the ladder and you realize you're crawling up the ladder to the wrong building, you don't keep climbing up that ladder. You go back down, you move the ladder, and you go somewhere else. And what I'm saying is I, I appreciate all the work you've put in to become the cruiserweight champion, but I think it's time to maybe go after the North American title. Maybe go after the NXT title. Maybe go after the one of those workhorse titles like the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title. But that cruiserweight title, it belongs to Escobar, and nobody's taken it.
0: I just want to say shout-out to Johan Peniel's his birthday yesterday. What up, Johan? Happy birthday, bro. Uh, thanks for coming to the live Happy show. Happy birthday,
1: Will um, five stood. With five stood moving.
0: <laughs> I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I guess I kinda agree. You know, look, everyone mm-hmm. has told me the the told me that the praises of Shane Strickland should can't be understated enough. He's amazing here, he's amazing there. But all I've seen him done right now at NXT is struggle with this Cruiserweight championship, and it doesn't seem to be moving anytime soon. So yes, I'm tired of seeing him struggle with that division, put him somewhere else, maybe North American title, but Again, maybe you're right. Overall, Jack, dubs do matter, and he has to start winning matches. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been convinced about that. So, yes, I, I'm I open to see what Swerve can do more, especially now his profile is raising because the WWE Network has acquired like nine podcasts overnight, and he's one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, yeah. but, but, but yeah, I think that might be beneficial. And maybe the next opponent for Legato Ventanasma will give him something to wrestle about. Wrestle about? I, I like- do want
1: to – Oh, I stepped right on your transition. I'm so sorry. No,
0: yeah, continue. What's
1: up? I was going to say, I wanted to mention Adonis, though, in this match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that this is a chance. Like Adonis just shows up, and it's a like, it's a really good opportunity for him to to really stand out and really show up. He's in a great spot. He's mixing it up with the Cruiserweight Champion. He's mixing it up with the number one contender at the same time. Uh, so this is a, a chance to really for him to show us what he can do and what kind of value he provides. By turning on Atlas and Swerve and joining Legato del Fantasma, Flobo, I think he should do the smart thing and join those guys and help bridge that gap of Lucha Libre to the American audiences. This is his chance to do something really good and really stand out. What do you say? Are you on board with this?
0: No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Why? They're, they're a good unit I just think they're generic and bland. I don't think it's about adding people. If you I can't tell what you're about, you shouldn't add people. If retribution had seven more members, I'd be like, why? <laughs> you know, tell me more about these people first.
1: Well, and I we mean, we, we still, we still don't know the numbers of retribution. Technically. I feel like it's different people every time, but it it's like Randy Orton's wife. <laughs> this is my <laughs> wife. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, I say turn on those other two. Go into business for yourself. Jake Atlas seemed to be doing that during the match. Why doesn't Adonis do it? Go with the winners. Quit trying to be your own person and start just joining the winners. That's what I say.
0: And lastly tonight, uh, <laughs> Timothy <clears> Thatcher, another one of Jack's favorites. You know he's a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> had yeah. a live uh, demonstration of a status dash can with Anthony slash Andrew. Uh, it didn't end well for poor Anthony Sass Andrew. He basically uh, got stretched out. Now, I'm done with this. Uh, Timothy Thatcher is cool. I've seen this gimmick before. I want him to start having matches, but you love this sort of thing. So tell me, Jack, why am I wrong?
1: Why? That Thatcher's so good. He's so ruthless. He is so talented and so tough. He can literally teach people how to beat him and they still will not be able to beat him i want to see him have matches too but you know what the big problem is flobo who is he going to have a match with who is it worth his time he's so talented is it worth him having matches with him There's no one talented enough to stay in the ring with him, and until that time, what is He needs to find other ways to make ends meet. He needs to teach people, hopefully, train someone to get on his level. But guys like Andrew and Anthony just can't keep up.
0: Well, take it from me, don't try this at home, even though he's telling you how to <laughs> do it. Uh, I thought, you know, Tim D. Thatcher, if they had a program with brownson Reed, i would be here for it. I think that would totally be a good idea. Uh, the didn't show,
1: they tease they teased that a bit didn't they They
0: teased that they had one match with the uh, north american uh, triple threat tournament matches uh about two months ago but i think an extended program with that is as can versus somebody who's colossal i think that'd be the best clash of styles for either man uh this week for me you, though not a fan
1: you know who he would fit in really good with he who timothy thatcher Imperium. When you think when you think about it, Imperium—he is built for Imperium. He's American; that won't work. <laughs> That's well—you got to expand, Flobo. They're not all what. <laughs> what I'm
0: saying is Americans do it differently. Like like Drew Gulak's uh, catch point, Dimitrija's Thatcher's Thatch can. It's like <laughs>
1: Imperium is like like. Like the Roman Empire, Imperium's going to grow, and it's going to start bringing in these different things and incorporating them into what they do and just become unstoppable.
0: You want to recreate the NWO so bad.
1: (laughs) It (laughs) It would just be too sweet.
0: Okay, Jack. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the show. I've changed the name because you're always confused about it. It's the MVP of NXT. This right here is the individual on NXT or NXT UK you thought won the night. Uh, this is brought to you by Gamerware. Make sure you hit up gmrware.com. Use the promo code Flobo for a discount. Suit up, game up with Gamerware. Jack Farmer, let me ask you this who is your MVP of NXT?
1: Gamerware, by the way, great stuff. I ch- ch- They're showing tons of cool stuff on there. I really recommend everyone go check it out. But as far as the star, is it even a question? Is there even a point in having this segment? Pat McAfee, by a mile, the biggest star in the history of NXT, by a large margin, kicking his way to the top, bringing gold to people who've never had it in his first time there. It's amazing thing. Pat McAfee with a bullet.
0: And just in case, I would have gone with my girl, Jessica Mayer, because like most gamers, she found a way to level up. And She's not Pat McAfee. Again, I'm a happy that only Lorcan and Danny Burch are tag team champions. They said they would. But unfortunately, they have to work with a guy with a who wore a cup on his face. What was that about? I have no idea. I have no idea. No
1: idea. I I, I can't. I I wonder. Could he see through that? Like, I'm really curious about what that was because he wasn't wearing it under his chin. Like
0: it was on his face. It looked like it was on his face.
1: Yeah. Like it looked like it was meant to go under his chin, but he didn't have it under his chin. And I don't know how he could see. I I don't know. It was actually a very interesting thing. Was that a mask? What do you, I don't know, but that's, But that's Pat McAfee giving us these cliffhangers, these questions, these things that we just we can't stop asking and talking about. That's why he's the biggest star in NXT history. He is not
0: the biggest star of NXT. You got to stop doing that. You got to stop doing that because we're going to get hate mail. And I and I, my ego can't take hate mail, okay? I'm trying really hard. <laughs> i try really hard to make this content work.
1: All right. <laughs> 100% of his matches have been amazing and on TakeOver. How do you beat that?
0: You know – you're that kind of guy who's like, Jordan won six rings out of six attempts. He's obviously better. Probability does not work in sports like that, man. It doesn't work.
1: I mean, look, at, at, at least we can argue that it's one. It, either he is the biggest star in NXT history or he's not. Meaning, at the very least, it's a 50-50 chance he's the biggest star in NXT history.
0: Before we get out of here, we got a question from Charlene. She says, did any of you boys meet Xbox? Thoughts, Jack? I've never met x pot no. Oh, I have, and that is all. All right, y'all, it's about time to get out of here. This is Draped and Go, your slice of NXT and NXT UK coverage. My name is Little Boys, but this guy is all over the internet. Jack Farmer, work in the world, find you online.
1: You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out on the Anytime Radio Show every single Monday. We have new episodes. We've got a theme episode next week. And in two weeks, we've got a themed episode that's sing-along songs. So hit me up at Anytime Radio on Twitter and let me know what your favorite song to sing along to is. We'll get that played on the show.
0: Well, you know the biggest singing long song I ever played at a wedding. You're not gonna believe this. It was uh, shipping up to Boston. Like 200 guys, were like shipping up to Boston, ah! and all the female yeah. guests were like, "Oh my god, my boyfriend is embarrassing the hell out of me."
1: That's one of those songs that starts off so cool, and then like halfway through, it's like, "I lost my leg," and you're like, "What do you? What is? What happened to this song?" Yeah,
0: shipping up to Boston. Yeah, right. uh,
1: well, my favorite. Well, I gotta favorite get out of here though. Okay.
0: Okay. No, well, now you now you tease me. What is it, Jack?
1: <laughs> I just say I had to sing along at an event that went off, and it was uh "Chumbawamba Tub Thumping" that went off like bonkers. Really? Yeah, it was. It, there was an inside joke around it somewhere for, within the, the 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 families, but it went off, and it was so fun. I, what, I feel like was one of those ones I tried again at another wedding. It didn't work as good.
0: Yeah, as I feel time, like thumb-dropping is like the Friends theme song with the first yeah. 10 seconds. are like, yeah! Uh. <laughs> I got to get out of here, though. It's your boy, Flo Pizza. You can follow me, Aflobo Boys. I'll be back here right here on this channel in a couple hours for Commander's Log, the Star Trek Discovery post show, and... In- a bunch of other shows are coming out of the pipe. I'm working on something I want to share with you guys. Be back here next week for the brand, the brand new news. But until next time, uh, what do you say? Uh, don't be yourself and sell out? What, what's the?
1: <laughs> get money, make money, get out.